this Christmas Who you got in mind this year Christmas is a gift that moves Christmas starts right here All the gifts you know they love Gifts that show you care Gifts to sing and sounds to please It's Woolworth's first for melodies Christmas is a gift that moves listening to episode 142 of 60 minutes with i'm dave and this is the november and december decade of decadent show which means of course coming in your ears with me is tom hello 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 Hello. i did say the november and december show there people probably picked up on that uh yeah we had some technical problems uh i don't think Anybody that does a podcast will know this, but you've never done a podcast until you've had technical problems, until you've had the infamous lost episode, really. Uh, and we've had a few. We have more than our share, some may say. Uh, your audio, mate, was perfect. Me was just static. Now, again, well, you should have just released my side. And I was going to say, like, yeah, yeah. some may say that that would have made for a better, better uh, episode just to hear you, mate, and, and me silenced. You never know. <laughs> it, we, we could have that as a special edition episode for people that want to hear. Like you said, you just talking and uh, with no reply from me. So what we're going to do to begin this, we're just going to quickly recap the two movies that we talked about, um, which began with uh, the first the, the first watch was my pick, and I picked uh, Wizards of the Demon Sword, which admittedly is from 1991. The 80s uh, references in it, of course, it was directed by Fred Olin Ray, which we talked about. We did an interview uh, on 80s Picture House, and... M- stay for the stuff section because we're going to release a little bit of news about the it's picture house interviews that we did um but the main reason i picked it was because Stuart chapin's in it from shotgun we did some great shows with him didn't we you know the oh yeah the interview shows and we did the the fan commentary for shotgun uh and i can sum up wizards of the demon sword just by playing this <laughs> And that about says everything for the film. There was, doesn't it? Well, yeah, apart from that glorious 45 seconds where Stuart was in it. That's it. That's all. I mean, that was lovely, wasn't it? To see Stuart in a, you know, a good sword fight scene. Yeah, it was basically my main point of it. It was like, it was trying, you know, it was at least 
trying it wasn't like a straight faced sword and sandals thing or anything like that it was trying to be funny it was i don't think i'd say go as far as to say it was a spoof on mm. those sort of films but you know it, it had a, its tongue-in-cheek but unfortunately all the jokes weren't funny either so. there was nothing now i mean we've watched so many so bad it's amazing films and i was hoping it was going to be one of these it was just so bad it was just absolutely awful and uh, yeah you hit the nail on the head there mate they just tried for this humor and failed badly with it it was mm just awful so yeah anybody that listened to the Stuart Chapin shows just fast forward it through to the fight with him because it's really good to see him on screen apart from that don't watch it because I'm never going to watch it again that's for Uh, sure yeah but I'll rewatch question it no 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 no. um and then the rewatch pick was yours mate wasn't it yes and that was Mona Lisa with uh Bob Hoskins and Kathy Tyson which I'd watched once before and i think you had as well yeah yeah i'd only watched it once way yeah. back when it whenever it was released on vhs and i really enjoyed it the first time i didn't enjoy it as much this time i felt the mm. tone was a bit some like there was one as near the end of the film there's a scene where it's like a, a the scene of a pier with with them and it's really emotional and then like, oh look there's a dwarf running about and then it's a really violent scene in a hotel room and like the tone was a bit off robbie coltrane's character was superfluous and and an unneeded comedy character in quite a gritty film. When it was gritty, it was great. When it was not, it wasn't. Yeah, and again, you totally agree with everything. I enjoyed it. Or remember enjoying it, that first viewing way back Maybe when. Maybe this recording didn't like survive because we were in complete agreement on everything. We, that's the thing, though. Yeah, we were, weren't we? The, the call recorder was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> this, this isn't right. This, this thing's happening. No, this just isn't right. Them two <laughs> agreeing on everything. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it as much. I didn't dislike it. You know, I didn't think it was shit by a long way. But I, I certainly didn't enjoy it as much as I did on the first viewing. And yeah, the tone was all over the place. And yeah, and I enjoyed it more. It was just a really gritty film. And. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it again. I wouldn't rewatch it again. I probably would. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. No, I don't think. I don't think I would. Do. I'm glad I watched it again just for you know to reassess it all these years later. Yeah. But so there. Yeah, that was um, as well as the stuff section. That was 90 minutes. We've condensed into like about three or four <laughs> to this one. <laughs> um, so we'll go. We'll go into the stuff section of this. And oh god, where where shall we begin? The interview thing I mentioned about the interviews, yes, yeah, didn't yeah, I? Yeah. So let's get that out of the way first, because the Eighties Picture House website is no longer, and the Eighties Picture House Podbean is no longer. So um, the podcasts are still available in different places. I think online. I'm not really yeah, because sure. there's like back when we did it, a lot of places were hosting our site. They oh, were. Podcast. You yeah. kept sending links. I remember. Yeah, they were all over the place. So I'm sure you can still find them. Yeah. But just to make it easier, what myself and Tom are going to do, and we're quite excited about it, really, is we're going to do sort of remastered versions of the interviews. Um, and we're going to go back and we're going to listen to the interviews that we did. And we're going to re-record the introductions to them and just sort of reflect on the interview that we did. And I think we've not talked about this off air yet, Tom, but I think... We don't even need to do them in the order that they were released. We can just pick and choose and we'll yeah. pop. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they'll go under the Decade of Decadence section of the 60 Minutes with website and we'll put what date the interview was originally released, but it'll have a whole new um, introduction by me and Tom. 
And I'm really looking forward to re-listening to them because I never listen to the shows that I'm on. And I've been meaning for ages to re-listen to these interviews, and this gives a good excuse to go back because there's only yeah. little bits. You know, we talked about on the, the, the prologue show for Decade of Decadence with things like Tiny Lister and, you know, the Compton quotes <laughs> and um, Boogaloo Shrimp and phoning in while he was having a shit. And, yes. You know, so to re-listen to these shows and record a new introduction after re-listening to them years later, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. Um, stuff, mate, go on, I'll hand it over to you because we have got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, the first one's actually a rollover from a show we lost. I'm going to bring it up again because it's mm. worth mentioning. It's absolutely worth mentioning that um, after many, many years and a couple of podcast picks as well from uh, back in the 80s Picture House days, we'll be going to see the one and only Michael Bolton. Yes, yes, yes. At the uh, London Palladium along with the BBC Concert Orchestra or Philharmonic Orchestra on um, the March the 4th mm-hmm. of next year. The joke has got this far. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great show, though, isn't it? You know, it's, it's going to be. be a yeah, great it's show. going to be fun. Yeah, we've. Uh, I've been. I've been talking up for God, God no, over a decade. Um, and obviously, we one of our first shows on Eighties Pictures. We covered Everybody's Crazy, mm-hmm. and then later it was Soul Provider, which was with Doctor Tom. Um, yeah, so it's it, it is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any special T-shirt or anything that you're going to wear? Oh, well, I do have a Michael Bolton Time, Love and Tenderness Ooh. album cover shirt, which Yelly got me, uh, who's going with me, um, a couple of Christmases ago. So maybe that, maybe yeah, that. Yeah, I think that would be a good choice. Or maybe just, maybe just nothing. <laughs> just naked, nothing but a smile. Yeah. But that'll do. Uh, my second thing is a bit of a, I don't know if you saw this, actually. Um, I just saw it before I um, went into the cinema that... Um, so I've just lost my, uh, lost my place. So my Sandra Locke has passed away. Yeah, I found I was scrolling through Twitter this morning, and I think it was Frederick in Sweden put it. I saw. I think it was his tweet, if I remember rightly. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, and it just got like R.I.P. Sandra Locke. I thought, holy hell. Yeah, because obviously her best known for starring in the Clint Eastwood films when mm-hmm. they were together, and then we obviously not particularly pleasant split where yeah, yeah. she just got like there's obviously claims made about how she was treated after and you know her career was never the same was it so no not at all yeah it's quite unfortunate and um talk of her directorial career being sabotaged by don't know how eastwood how true that is but yeah yeah but she died at the start of november but it's only just come out now bloody hell yeah so that is a shame what's your favorite movie that she's in then it's going to be one of the Clint ones. I feel sad to say, like, um, you know, that's what I know her best from. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, well, it's, it's, I've, I've, I don't know why Bronco Billy popped into my head, mm. but, you know, sudden impact. She only did 30 films. I'm just... Um, yeah, I mean, The Outlaw Josie Wales is my favourite Clint Eastwood film, and, she's, you know, that's the first one she was well, in with yeah. him. But yeah. the one that she's in, I always think of The Gauntlet. I love The Gauntlet with her in it. Yeah, I'd probably say Josie Wales because that is a classic. It is, yeah. So, uh, yeah, 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 but that, that is a shame. That it is, is shame. definitely. It is. Uh, I only found out as well just a few days ago. I don't know if you know about this, mate. Not only is there a Child's Play remake, there's a Child's yeah. Play TV series as well. The yeah, the remake is 
God, it's not even called Chucky in a remake. No, it's Buddy. Buddy, yeah. So that is a way to get out of having Brad Dourif do the voice, I guess. Exactly, because I was reading... M- this is weird, because MGM apparently hold... <coughs> excuse me. Hold the right to the original film so they can remake it as much as they want. Yeah. Yet Universal hold the rights to the sequels, and it's Universal that oh. are going ahead with the sequels and using Brad Dourif and all the original team and so on and carrying that on while the movie is going to go off in like a new direction. Yeah, I'm just looking at the remake now. There's no voice credit for the doll. Mm. Yeah, and uh, Orby Plaza, who's normally great in most things, is in it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know about that at all. Yeah. But at least it's not Chucky, so they, and hopefully it will look quite different. Yeah, I think they've sort of updated it to more uh, more of a techie toy, apparently. So. Yeah, I suppose in this day and age, it's sort of like a, an 80s toy like a, a Chucky wouldn't. No, it wouldn't fly, would, would it? No. But yeah, like yeah. I'm up for a TV show, obviously. Mm, yeah, that I sounds good. Adler can return because he's got that sort of like that t- his voice hasn't aged. He still can, still sounds like him. So oh yeah, yeah, definitely. doesn't sound like an old man yet. Is my point. <laughs> yeah, or they could have you know an old Chucky doll as well. They could do that, couldn't they? A special edition old Chucky <laughs> that just sort of like wets its pants occasionally and shit like that. <laughs> Um, right, I've, a few things, and we did mention these before. Um, where should we start? Oh, we've both we've both seen Creed two, haven't we? Yes, yes, that was a that was a one to start talking about. Mm, go on then. I'll let you head this one off then. Off you go. Well, okay. Um, a spoiler warning for all. Yes, definitely. Um, I obviously spent um, a few weeks prior watching all the Rocky films back. And obviously the first Creed film back, and yeah, I um, so just especially Rocky Four and Creed were obviously the ones to sort of go to, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. This film, yeah, um, I absolutely loved it. As uh, I thought I might, I thought, um, yeah, it's the same film, isn't mm. it? Like I was having yeah. a discussion with someone on Facebook who said, "Oh, Home Alone Two is not the same as Home Alone." I was like, "It's the same films. Like Rockies are the same films." You know, so that, you know, I don't even mind that anymore. Um, but I thought the first fight between uh, Adonis and, and Drago Jr., I thought how they um, did that without taking the title off him was quite smart. Um, yeah. I thought Dolph Lundgren was excellent in it. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, and I liked that the sort of time they gave, you know, about the relationship with him and his son, and obviously what happened, obviously it's been all the fan fiction and all that sort of stuff, what happened. There was that book you got a while, you know, years ago, wasn't there? Yeah. That short, that short book about what happened to Drago after. There's, you know, there's all sorts of conjecture about what could have happened to him. Yeah. And obviously it was the whole, you know, he lost and then Ludmilla left him. Mm-hmm. And now she's sort of up in the high society, casting this big shadow over both of them. I thought, like, it was one more one of the most story a rocky opponent's been given i think yeah in the the rocky universe a rocky or a creed opponent so i thought that was really good obviously i thought stallone i was glad that there was not this is he going to die thing looming over yeah yeah that's good yeah i'm glad there wasn't that breathe i liked i really liked felt like that is it now for him he you know it was obvious you know 
like these films are you know they're not it's obvious what's going to happen in these films but that's it's fine and you know him mentioning about not talking to his son for um for reasons unknown for however many years you know he's obviously just going to go back you know he's going to reconnect with his son and it was nice to see him pop up as well Mm -hmm. meet no surname (laughs) (laughs) it's good to see him back from rocky balboa and you know it just felt like a good end to to, but obviously the climactic fight was great yeah loved it yeah i I messaged you didn't i I gave it a three out of five yes Um, you did. yeah which i stick by up to now i've only watched it the once and this is the thing i saw the first creed movie at the cinema three times Mm -hmm. because i do i do like to go and watch sly films at least twice at the cinema uh so i've seen creed 2 the once and i'm in no rush to watch it again which is a yeah i know i'm finding that a bit weird your sticking points then um i mean you did say about the story being predictable and i avoided i did cave in and watch the very very first teaser trailer Oh yes, um, yeah. You try and avoid. Yeah, from, I know the. Line. Yeah, my addiction was too much that I just had to watch that bit. I couldn't hold back, um, but I avoided everything else. But you couldn't avoid online about you know the gist of the story, you yeah. know, and, and it virtually being you know Rocky four point two in a way. Um, so I knew, what, you know, that with Drago coming in and his son and so on. And before me and Tina went to the cinema, I said, right, this is going to happen. I said, it'll be like Rocky 3. I said, I'm calling this now. It'll be like Rocky 3. The Adonis will fight Drago and Adonis will get beat. And then Rocky will train him up and then there'll be a rematch. And then Adonis will win. Which did happen. You yeah. Know, when like, it was like, the, okay. The trailer, the, like you say about the trailers, like we've said in the past about them giving stuff away, but like, there's a bit in the trailer where there's a way in and Stallone's, it's Rocky's not with Adonis. Mm. And then there's a scene in the trailer where he's with him in the ring. So he's sort of like, well, one fight, he's not going to be with him. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. Uh, it like, uh, uh, yeah, it is predictable, but then. It, yeah, it is very predictable. I mean, things I'll, I didn't like, I didn't like the music in it, but again, it's oh, you know this modern, this modern rap music. This, what's all with all this rap music going on then? We're survivor. Where's where's all the lead guitar solos that I really <laughs> want? Why isn't why is why don't they stop for a, like a fifth montage and play a guitar solo then? <laughs> no, it was yeah, it's not. <laughs> Where's survivor for fuck's sake? There's no, I know it's like not the eighties anymore. And Where's John Cafferty. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, why is Rocky not out in the snow again carrying a big log? Why is he not doing that? I'm out of here. Fuck this. It's, uh, no, I, I know. Yeah, I mean, I know that's a, a silly point to make about the music, and it's, and it's because it's cre- obviously it's cre- it's another character. It's not a Rocky movie. I'm completely aware of that. You know, we're moving on with this. We're moving away from that. And it's, cre- it's Creed's franchise. So you've got to separate it. Um, which makes you think in a way because you know Creed's got his own theme and then partway through a fight it, you know it sort of seeks into the Rocky theme briefly in yeah, one of the that's fights what, uh, I'm uh, assuming due to the huge amount of money it raked in over Thanksgiving in America there's going to be another one I would think so yeah they can't use the Rocky music anymore like no no they can't no it is like it's it was fine in the first one and I will give you that it's it's a bit odd 
that he's still like they've got the Rocky theme, but it is the Rocky mm. universe. But now, like, if there's a third one, then Stallone will not be in it. Yeah. Like, stop doing the Rocky. Thing, yeah. And there was, I mean, Dolph and Florian were great in it. Both of them were superb in it. But I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen more of them and more well, of yeah, the conflict. So I, but then you know you. But then again, like I said, just to play devil's advocate with myself, it's a Creed movie, so the you know the the focus of the narrative yeah, should be it's on not, it's not Creed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think looking at the trailers since you know since I've watched it, and that was a big selling point of the movie, which probably drew in a lot of the people was this nostalgia thing, and oh wow, you know Dolph's back, and this you know the, the son versus son. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a. Just a bit more of that. I would have. I'd have loved to have seen Rocky punch Ivan Drago. I'd have loved well, just one scene. punch. No, they filmed it, didn't they? Did they? Oh, I don't know. Did they? There's, there's a scene in the hospital. Um, I assume after the first fight, and hopefully I'll end up on the, the Blu-ray. Oh, I hope so. Um, then yeah, they have a, a pillar part, uh, pillar part brawl in the hospital. Him and oh, Drago. Nice. Okay. I would have. Yeah, I'd have loved to have I seen. I get your that. wish there. Oh, um, that's good. And, but yet, yeah, like. He didn't um, have any... That I mean, I watched, like you said, Creed three times at the cinema and I cried every single time. You know, when Rocky's like, you find out, he's, he goes to the hospital and they find... I mean, all that illness side and the cancer and everything was sort of brushed to one side in a way with his medication and that. And again, well, the focus isn't on Rocky. It's, you know, yeah. it's on Adonis Creed. Um, I liked... I like the way, I think this should be the last appearance of Rocky in it because I like the way, because he says something along the lines of it, I think he says something like, it's your story now. Yeah, And then you see him, he sits down, doesn't it? And you see him sat down and he's got Creed written across his back. And I thought that's really nice. And then for the final full stop for his story where he goes up to Canada and he visits his son and and his grandson. I think that would be a really good way to say goodbye. But then we had a really good bye to... This is to it. Rambo, haven't we? And, you this know, he's just it, finished absolutely. making another one. Is, is the same going to happen to Rocky again? I, I hope not. And, like, it never even crossed my mind for ages that he'd do another Rambo after that ending. No. To, to, um, to John Rambo or Rambo, which it, wherever in the world you are. But it's not. I hope so. I hope he just knows to. It doesn't need him anymore, you no, know? No. But I think but, there, there will be a Creed 3. And again, if we go into this, if the Rocky isn't going to be in it. Is is the franchise strong enough that it's going to draw in this crowd now that they don't need Rocky, or is it still a load of Rocky fans that are going yeah, to see yeah. him in it? And if they're going to go, well, Although Rocky's not in it. You say that like a Stallone film, well, there's no well as we stand, there's not really such a thing as a, like they don't you know Stallone films aren't going coming out of the cinema, are they? So yeah, that's true. Yeah, but like, could you know, could well, Rambo will be the test, I guess. Yeah. Will yeah. people, you know, go to see Stallone or Name Alone, or will it flop? Um, yeah. Well, as so long as it's R-rated. Even, like, even films of, like, even like Escape Plan and stuff didn't do that great. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. But, no, yeah. I think there's a, I do think there's a, a good, sort of a new generation of people to... Yeah, it would be people. good. Let's just hope in Creed 3, then, if Rocky's not in it, they at least... Um, put 80s hair metal as a soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will, do. <laughs> and sure I'll go and watch it, then. <laughs> um... Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Overall, I think we we both enjoyed it, but you enjoyed it more than me. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, Dolph Lundgren is very good, and mm. well, like he's, you know, paramount to the finish, isn't he? He's. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, to I think the, it, yeah. Part. That's another thing. I think it did sort of tie up all the stories a little bit too quickly at the end again. 
Yeah. Yeah, here's Rocky. He's gone to kind of, with his son and grandson, finished. There's Adonis and his missus and, you know, the kid, finished. And there's, you know, Drago and his son and they're, yeah, running, like they're the running together. They even went back to the Dragos. Mm. It sort of goes back to what I say about how much time they sort of gave them, mm. you know, as a, as the opponents. So. Yeah. Could that be a spin-off again? Could there be a load of, you know, two or three films, Drago? Well, as well know, as Creed. Uh, not, not, not just in Creed 2, he's in Aquaman as well. Mm. Don't know if this would be a bit of a career resurgence for him. Yeah, who knows? But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got one more stuff thing. What 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 is that? Well, we have talked about it offline. Um, to do with a, a certain book that a film has been made of. Yes, yeah, that was my final thing as well. Oh, go on then, mate. I'll let you go with that. Is the oh my god, how long has this been mooted for? Oh, and god, yes. we must have brought it up countless times. I remember once there was going to be an incarnation of this where Christopher Walken was playing Ozzy Osbourne and all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, uh, but no, The Dirt, uh, the Motley Crue biopic, <laughs> is coming on to Netflix in March. I can't remember the date in March. I, I think, think it's the like, 22nd, if I remember rightly. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's been filmed. It's. Uh, I knew it was. I knew a cast. The last I'd heard was the cast had been announced, and it's not the most starry cast. But I think that might. If it's going to work, it'll work better. If it's not, mm. I think yeah. Ramsay Bolton out of Game of Thrones is Mick Mars, um, and the guy who plays Gale in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul's um, Doc McGee. Okay. But then I haven't really heard of any of the others. But I've, I just like, I think it might be too distracting if they did stunt casting like Christopher Walken as Ozzy Osbourne. Not yeah. now, Christopher Walken's too old. But yeah. but like stunt casting, like, look, who's playing Ozzy? Yeah, like, it would be, Alex definitely. Cooper and all those sort of stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, it was Vince Neil who tweeted saying he'd seen it and thought it was great. He went to Netflix HQ and said, like, he would say that. So, mm. so, yeah, we'll finally get to see it next year in the early part of next year as well. We'll probably get a trailer within the next month i guess yeah it could do and from what i read it seems like they they haven't held back with the story i mean because let's get it right it's gotta be i mean if it's not an 18 just don't bother releasing it because that you know 12. i'm hoping most <laughs> 12 rated version on a prostitute or whatever else i'll yeah. have to try and read the book again actually i've got it on my kindle oh um, it's such a good book i know i've read it twice i haven't read it for a, a good few years now but i've read it twice and it's such good. a good book so Great entertaining. Oh, yeah. At least the soundtrack will be good. So Yeah, that's good. Yeah, at least I'll, if nothing Guaranteed. else. <laughs> yeah, I'll enjoy the soundtrack of this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, and I hope they do like really dig deep into the dirt that's in the book because it's it's just going to be a blast of a story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah, full, full 18, please. Yeah, please, please. Yeah, we'll have to watch out for news on that, but yeah, I'd... Yeah, I'd be so disappointed if it's not. They can't do that. They can't do it. Uh, <laughs> he says again, hopefully. Uh, right, is th- I think that's the stuff then, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, that's pretty good. We caught up with the two films from last week. We got the stuff out of the way. So that leaves us with the two films uh, for this episode, this December part of the show. Now, normally, we would start with the first watch, and then we would go on to the rewatch. But because there is so much fat to chew on on the first watch, we're going to go to the rewatch first. Why won't you die? 
We're here on the set of Freddy versus Jason. Notice who gets top billing for the eighth installment of uh, a great Nightmare on Elm Street film. And this is my eighth time under the putty knife getting makeup on me. And this time I'm uh, meeting my match with Jason Voorhees. I played Jason uh, Voorhees. I like to call him a psycho savant. <laughs> He's a, he, uh, uh, you know, he lost his mom early. He's just, you know, been living out in the woods and under the lake for, you know, by himself, you know, no guidance. And uh, he just, you know, he just, He's just sort of following a mandate, you know? <laughs> Kill all those bad kids. Come on, come on, man! Come to Freddy. Freddy needs to install fear into his potential victims. The children, the relatives, the offspring of the original vigilante parents that burned him. So I use Jace, who inhabits the real world, to, you know, begin a reign of terror so that everybody can get their fear festering again so that I can exploit it later. Not strong enough yet. Problem is I, I unleash a, a, a Frankenstein monster and you know, Jason, once he tastes blood, you know. But I, I, I will tell my fans that uh, Freddy takes a licking, but he keeps on clicking. I think what's scary about Freddy I think it's the violation of privacy. You know, he's under your bed, he's, he's in your underwear drawer, he's in that private, sacred place, and he's invading that. And, uh, and I think that's what's, to the core, scary about Freddy. Freddy is much smarter than Jason. Ultimately, you know, Jason relies on his, on his strength to, to, uh, to try and overcome Freddy. These are my children, Jason. Go back where you belong! It's not Freddy fights Jason, it's Freddy versus Jason. So it's a lot of mind game and a lot of manipulation and, and, and Freddy's a lot smarter. I mean, Jason's, as Freddy says to Jason, you know, you once, you know, you're, you're big and you're dumb and you got no style. Freddy versus Jason. Place your bets. Freddy versus Jason. Uh, don't really need to explain the 80s link with that. I mean, I think I'm safe in saying, mate, am I not, that Freddy and Jason were the biggest horror iconic figures of the 80s, would you say? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, they with the Friday the 13th franchise running right through and Nightmare on Elm Street franchise running through the 80s. They, they were yeah. like huge. And even going back, you know, into mid-80s or so, maybe before then... There was calls from fans for them to meet up in a film. Yeah. And this goes back to, you know, horror films from the 30s, you know, when they put Dracula and Frankenstein in films and so on. Um, but they wanted this sort of versus. So we got it. We got it in 2003. Freddy versus Jason. Currently a 5.8 on IMDb. Short synopsis on there, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees return to terrorise the teenage population, except this time they're out to get each other too. Uh, I remember watching the... I've only watched this once. How many okay. times? That I can remember before the rewatch. Was this one that you've watched a lot or just once for you? No, I've watched it several times, yeah. Have you? Okay. Could you remember much about it? Before this yeah. rewatch, yeah, yeah, like it was, it was in the last year that I watched it. Before. Oh, okay. You know what? I, the reason I picked it is because I could not remember a thing about it, nothing. And then on the rewatch, the only bit of it that I could remember was like the party going on in the cornfield. 
Oh, right, yeah. And when Jason goes on a bit of a killing spree in there, that's the only bit I could remember all the way through. There was nothing was triggering any memories. So I remember vividly disliking it, just thinking, oh, my God, that was a bag of shit. So because I couldn't remember anything about it, I wanted to rewatch it. Now, while I'm not saying it's a great film by a long, long way, it's a lot better than my memories of it. Right. (laughs) So that shows how bad my memories of it were. Uh, I mean, it starts off well. I think it starts off really well and then goes a little bit silly. Uh, I mean, we do get... There's only three minutes into it before we get some tits and arse, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's that sort of thing, I was just like, that's, you know, like, intentionally, like, yeah, winking at the camera sort of thing, which there's a lot of, because is, it's yeah. um, the director's Ronnie Yu, who did Bride of Chucky, like, five yeah. years previous, yeah, which was very, like, nod, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, self-referential and all of that. So. Yeah. I think there's, there's some cracking, as far as the effects go in it, there's some great practical effects in it, but then you get some really shitty CG effects as well, which completely yeah, took me out Yeah, sometimes it. it looks really good, what you know, with the gore, and sometimes it just absolutely does not. Yeah. And I wouldn't... It's called Freddy vs. Jason, but it's almost like an extension of the Elm Street franchise. Yeah, pretty with, much. Yeah, he brings Jason in so he can, you know... Yeah, it's definitely more of an Elm Street film. Like, there's, like it's the house is on Elm Street, you know, like where yeah. we, we start, where the, um, we meet the, the, the teens. Um, so it's the same house and, you know, it's um, you know the same police mm-hmm. and all of that. Um because there's returning characters from the franchise that have come into it that have been in before. And then you're thinking, oh. I mean, because Freddy, we, it starts off because Freddy is powerless, really, isn't he? Because nobody remembers him and, you know, nobody fears him and he gets his power from, from fear. So he, he, I mean, I don't mind the premise of it, the way that they've managed to get both characters into it, that he awakens Jason yeah, and Jason goes on this killing spree, and then it brings to mind, oh, teens are being killed in Elm Street, and then Freddy's name comes up, and slowly people start to fear him more. So while Freddy's power's going up, while Jason's killing, uh, Freddy's getting more powerful, but then Jason's getting a bit of a name for himself as a bad boy on Elm Street, which pisses Freddy off, which then culminates in the big fight at the end, which is what people were asking for for years. But then with these things, it's like, you know, Pinhead versus Ash from the Evil Dead and, or so-and-so versus so-and-so. What did people think was, was going to happen? I, ultimately, when this fight happens at the end, it was just silly to begin with. When Freddy's manipulated... With, because the, the fight's in two parts, isn't it? One part of the fight, the first part... Fart, the first fart. The first fart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first part of the fight is in Freddy's dream world, where Freddy's got all the power. And then there's, there's part two of the fight is in you know the real world, uh, Camp Crystal Lake, where Jason's got the advantage. But when yeah. the fight is in Freddy's part... Oh, that's the chip van. Um, and he's sort of wiggling his blades and Jason's flying back and two with some crappy CG, like a pinball machine with pinball sound effects and that. <laughs> I was like, really? Do we do we need this? This, uh, You know, and I know the Elm Street films got more and more silly as they went on. You know, it started off with a shit scary first film and then just got progressively more, you know, kiddie friendly and, and silly. 
the, the fights didn't sit with me and it's like well who's going to win any if, you, if you're in the dream world obviously freddy's going to win if you're in the yeah. real world jason's just going to hack him up to pieces which he does so there's, there's no there was no surprises at all what do well, you what do you no, think I, I guess you're right there wasn't um i didn't mind the fights you know like i you know i've basically with this everything with freddie and jason like robert england being like i like we've seen i've seen so much we've seen so much with freddie krueger just turning into like the comedy character yeah like at this point i'm just like what's you know what's the point of being like oh no he's you know he's pretending to be he's like treating him like a pinball and um mm. you know he grew his arms back and he did the wanker sign which yeah. still makes me laugh um <laughs> I was just like, oh, who cares? Um, personally, I was just like, I don't even care anymore. I'm just mm. like, it's funny. He's funny. You know, this is where Freddie was, I guess. His film's 15 years old now. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I was fine with that. Wasn't a problem with the film for me on this one. My problem was mm-hmm. the teens. And it's, oh God, it's just so dated. Yeah. It's not like, obviously, I guess, Freddie and Jason are timeless. But them, like, especially when one of them's basically Jason Muse. <laughs> like, doing, like, a, you know, in 2000, <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob were quite big. Yeah. Um, and in, in so much as, in, have you seen the um, Crystal Lake Memories documentary? Yes, I have, yeah. Because they do a gag, don't they, where they actually... Jason Muse is on the documentary talking about his role in Freddy versus Jason and it has to be like told he wasn't in it. <laughs> so like it was just like that and like one other guy, there was a fat guy in the cornfields, he was just like, Oh, this is Jack Black. Hmm. Yeah. And it's just like that doesn't help it aging it. And it's just like I like late nineties, early two thousands horror scream and I know what you did last summer and the faculty and final destination yeah, and all yeah, that. Good. You know, I like the fact like oh this looks like late 90s oh this looks early 2000s here's creed on the soundtrack <laughs> stuff like that but this was just like it just it just felt like the wrong kind like they didn't they, they didn't seem to bounce well off each other like those films i just mentioned had a far better cast had far better casts than this did yeah and i like like Catherine isabel who was in ginger snaps um not really sure what she's done since hmm. but like and then there's just like you see like the lad, the lads, you know, the two that get out of the, the asylum. Yeah. Um, and it's just like these two, I've like, I've only ever seen you in this film. <laughs> like, you're, so, you're such a recognisable face because I've seen this film loads. Yeah. And it's just like these, they're just not great at all. And they don't have, and like the girl out of Destiny, Kelly Rowland out of Destiny's Child. That's another bit of feeling of this really puts it in a certain era. Yeah. Like early 2000s. Like, because I don't like. Obviously, I'm not an expert or biographer on Kelly Rowland, but I don't think she was in many films. And that's when Destiny's Child were quite starting to be quite big. Yeah, in the two thousands, and you know, it just really puts a timestamp on the whole thing. In and not in a good way. And I don't know what separates that from the timestamp that's on. I know what you did last summer, or um, others. You know, Mm, but yeah, like the faculty that you mentioned, which is still. That's a great film. Yeah. yeah, still really good, but yeah. it's clearly a late 90s Oh, film. yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was just... 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was something. There was another. I, I think I joined down another example of like. Um, yeah, I know what you mean about the teens as well. I mean, I would have liked to have seen more, well, especially more of Jason, because there is a lot of Freddy in the film. Like yeah. I said, it is it is mostly an Elm Street film. With yeah, the, just... that, that you know, Jason has joined in it in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I would have I'd definitely cut down on the teen stuff. But then you know, they need fodder, I guess, and part of yeah, that of having just... all that fodder is. It was gorier than I remember it being. Yes, it is very gory. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. hold back. Yeah. I mean, that that was a plus. Yeah. But I then... think the thing with the teams, just go back to the, that for a minute, like, yeah. we've seen a hundred plus horror movies with a shit teen cast who are just like oh, rubbish. Yeah. And yeah. Gonna... But I think maybe it's because these lot were given so much to do, you know, yeah. with like getting Jason in the van and keeping him alive and taking him to go, blah, blah, blah. And they were just in it so much. I don't know. I don't know if that was it, but yeah, they just didn't, you know, mesh well together. And the fact one of them was impersonating a celebrity pretty much was mm. just very strange. Yeah. I mean, I guess the filmmakers were stuck really. I mean, cause the, the public outcry for this had been going on for so long. It, it was inevitable really that it was going to be made, but it's just, you know, what, what can you do when you've got these two characters together? It's... Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you get them together? Then what do you do yeah, with it? Yeah. Like, what do the, the obviously the what do the sexy teens do? Yeah. As yeah. All of that. Yeah. And I was I was happy in the way that they got the two characters together. Yeah. You know, I, you know, a little bit silly. Yeah, but you know, come on, it's a Freddie and Jason film anyway. You're not going to get. You know, it's not Shakespeare, is it? And I was thought, yeah, that, that's a pretty good way of getting them together. I'm on board with that. And. You know, with the gore side of it, yeah, it need I needed that. Yeah. And the kills were good as well. The, yeah, some good invent. The, you know, the classic Jason kill. Of, you know, stabbing with a machete and then folding the bed in half, and the person's yeah. back breaks. Like you know, folds in on itself. That was great. You know, that was like you know, fan pleasing stuff. Definitely. Mm. Um, but yeah, teens definite. Ugh, yeah, I wasn't also nerves. too keen on the like. Was sort of the the racism. Mm. It was a racist. There was like the dark meat line was a bit like, uh, and and then the uh, the uh, homosexual slur Kelly Rowland uses about Freddie, like, oh yeah, God, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Now yeah, again, yeah, yeah. we've watched a hundred horror films where that word is used, but like, and this isn't excusing it, but in the seventies and eighties. It was just used more. Yeah. Yeah. In two thousand three, it fucking wasn't. <laughs> it just wasn't. You know, that's not what you say in these films. You know, in two thousand three. So that didn't sit right. Now, but I was reading like some of the trivia, and apparently the, this was straight away the script. The writers of the film were just like, "We didn't write that." Oh wow. We never wrote that. So I don't know if it was running you or what. I was reading. Well, there's quite a bit of like tension on the like. That um, one you the director had said to that Catherine Isabel, there'll be in fact there's no nudity, and then he spent like half the time trying to persuade her to do a nude scene. Yeah, and then um, something very similar with uh, Monica Keener, the lead actress, um, as well. And there was just like yeah, and she like only did it to raise her profile. She I saw an interview saying, and I was just like, well fucking hell, didn't <laughs> you look on IMDb and the highest credited thing is Freddy versus Jason because <laughs> there, there, there's loads of gratuitous nudity in it there's one in there where 
like she's running away from Jason in the woods and she's just got the shirt on and she, you know yeah, she's yeah, only got the really bottom good. two buttons undone so her tits are falling out as she's running and that and you, go, you know it, it, it's yeah, all the way through which yeah it is you know a nod back to the 80s because that was I mean we've joked about it in the past you know we've timed how long it's been before you know tits appear on screen and normally it's within the, like the first 10 minutes maximum especially in horror films you know, it was a staple of them back then, but they say this is, wasn't made in the 80s. It was like 2003, and you're going, okay, so to a point I get it. But then, yeah, I found it ultimately not satisfying at all. The, um, the practical effects, yeah, brilliant. The CG effects, just don't bother. Just don't bother doing yeah. that. Do something not as elaborate but do it practical and i'm and i'm in now whether that's you know because i grew up watching that people that have grown up with just cg and i'm so used to it may well think different um but now i think i'm glad i rewatched it yeah and it'll stick in my head more now but i wouldn't it's not one I'm going to rewatch again. I, you know, if I want to see Freddy or I want to see Jason, I'll just put on one of the classic older ones. You know what I mean? Especially the first Elm Street. I mean, that's that's always the oh, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, or a few of the earlier Friday the Thirteenth. But this, yeah, it was it was clamoured for by the fans. But I think, from what I remember, it didn't get a great reaction anyway. I think most fans were disappointed by it. Yeah. And I'm surprised it's a 5.8, to be honest with you, mate. I was expecting yeah, I it to be lower. I think some of you thought it was like they look, looked at it for the, sort of in the same way they looked at Bride of Chucky and it didn't, you know, it wasn't that badly received. But, yeah, I think, like, every time, for me, every time Freddie and Jason are on screen, you know, Jason doing killing, Freddie just being a dickhead, mm. and, and, you know, with the silly shit, like, yeah. it's fine. But then when you get into... Uh, when you've got that much screen time devoted to the, the teens in it and they just have no chemistry together whatsoever and they're just like it's like you've owned as i say the only thing you remember them from is that it's like oh no so it's a game of two halves for me um i would probably watch it again though because mm. like if i'm watching all the elm streets so or if i'm watching all the friday the 13th i do tend to watch like rather than just watch one odd one every now and again i do tend to like just like okay i haven't watched all of them in a few years i'll yeah. just sit them all yeah the course of a few weeks so it probably will get rewatched again and <laughs> i don't know maybe i'll just think even less of it as time goes on as it goes on it'll yeah. it's not going to age you any better than it, it has so yeah do you think there'll there'll be more i know there's recently been you know freddie and and jason films do you think they'll, they'll just keep carrying on ad infinitum know, think, or or is that it about this like um because i don't know what's happening with the jason franchise because that was but i thought that was going to be the Booted again. Mm. Um, I had no idea about the Elm Street thing because um, I heard that was, and then, but not with Jackie L. Haley, yeah. which giant waste of time. That film. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah. Um, but like, was I? Can't, I, I it was. Was it the sitcom? The sitcom the Goldbergs that uh, Rob England reprised role as Freddy for their Halloween special this year. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. I can still look to part. That's all still I'm saying. The part. You could still do it. You yeah, could absolutely. still do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we watched it, but yeah. 
Unless, I think like you, mate, unless I'm going to plough through them all and I want to watch them all in one go again, you know, I'll, I'll go through the whole thing. And just for completist sake, um, I think that's the only time that I would rewatch it again. Yeah. Mm. Right, so on to a first-time watch for us both, mate. And yes. it was it was your pick. Yes. And this was a preface this wasn't this was a completely blind pick i hadn't read any like articles about its quality or anything like that i was literally just looking for an 80s christmas movie yeah tis the season um so to kill people uh, bloodily yeah and i was just like we did there was one that like a year ago i would have probably suggested mm. um which was this disney live action one with harry dean stanton as this angel okay and it's like that when I say this, it sounds like this is amazing, but it's just like him in a Mac up a tree watching kids through their windows. <laughs> that sounds a bit disturbing, actually. Yeah, uh, but it was just really boring, unfortunately. So I think it was called One Magic Christmas, but uh, yeah. yeah. But I was like, I was like oh, it's got to be something because, you know, you've got vacation and, you know, you've got all the. Like Scrooge, I've, you've seen, we've all seen these. And then I saw, was this Don't Open to Christmas? Oh, it seems to be a horror one. Hmm. Oh, and I, was, and I was British, so I checked a few. And neither have seen the film Don't Open Till Christmas from yeah. 1984. A homicidal maniac is loose at Christmas. His target is Santa Claus. His motives baffle Scotland Yard. Without a pattern for murder, no one dressed as Santa Claus is safe. His death toys are a spear, a gun, an open razor, a dagger, or an old-fashioned garrote. Execution by any means. Don't open till Christmas. Some Santa Clauses ignore the warnings. He surely wouldn't attack a woman. Thinking. Jerry Sunquist as Cliff, number one suspect. What possible reason could I have for going around killing Santas? Oh, none that we know of. Terror drives one Santa Claus into a house of wax, a pit of horror where murder, mayhem, and sudden death are celebrated. Blood, gore, torture, the destruction of the innocent, the painful killing of the guilty. and plaster a real body, warm flesh, wet blood. Don't open till Christmas. Alan Lake as Giles, a newspaper man with inside information. Now you mentioned on the phone that you had some information that might lead me to the murder. I said, would it help your promotion prospects if you were to solve the murder personally? Are you suggesting that Inspector Harris... No, I'm not suggesting anything. So, Sam, did you bring me any presents? I'm... I'm not the real one. Don't open till Christmas with special guest star Carolyn Monroe. I'm 
to accuse Clifford of being involved with those killings. It's almost started acting as if he were. Belinda Maine seeking revenge, starring Edmund Purdom, who knows there are only three more killing days till Christmas. Don't open till Christmas. If you do, you may not see in the new year. On YouTube, of all places, with yeah, Greeks, and, Greek subtitles all uh, over it. Greek subtitles, which don't don't, don't distract you. It, no, they didn't. Going, you're uh, you're uh, you're fine. It's yeah. um. Starring and directed directed by a man called Edward Ed, not no not Edward Edmund Purdom. Mm. Have you heard of Edmund Purdom? Never in my life before. He'd been in a lot of like you would have seen him. Uh, he did a lot of like sort of classy stuff in the fifties for MGM and Fox and all of that. Yeah, and and then he sort of goes the way of goes to Europe and does some stuff in the sixties. But the stuff I'm just um, Sorry, I'm just trying to find his... Like, There was a few stuff on his IMDb page. I was like, oh, this is absolutely um, stuff we would have seen. Yeah. I mean, because he looked familiar, and his voice especially was like... Yeah. That's a voice that I definitely heard in a few films. Well, it was some of the producers of Pieces. <laughs> uh, pieces, oh my God, what a classic. And he was in Pieces as the Dean... Um, I haven't, God, I haven't seen that film in ages. But then he was in, like, he was in a lot of Italian horrors, like Absurd, um, which was like Joe Giamatto one actually. Uh, yeah. He was in, um, he was a voice in uh, a film uh, we've 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 covered on the podcast, on his picture house, um, Nightmare City. Oh yeah, that, another great film. Yeah, but he yeah did a lot of Italian like How to Kill a Judge with Franco Nero. And did a lot of horror and like genre stuff in the um, like what they done to your daughters, eyes of Doctor Orloff, all that sort of thing. He's you know a lot of genre stuff. Yeah, in the seventies, so uh, you've no doubt seen him before. Yeah. Oh yeah, would have done. Yeah. He was directing this particular uh, piece. <laughs> piece of what? <laughs> um, it was released on December the nineteenth, nineteen eighty-four, just in time for Christmas. Yeah, back when Christmas films were released at Christmas, not at the start of November. Yes, very good. Which is what something I still don't get. Like, I don't want to watch like blank whatever Christmas film at the start of November. It's not fucking Christmas. <laughs> so yeah, like nineteenth December, perfect. So this film is about a man. Going round, murdering people who are dressed as Santa Claus in the streets and other places in London. Mm. And uh, Scotland Yard inspectors and detectives have got to get to the bottom of a case. So. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to keep a straight face talking about this film, mate. You can, like pieces is all over this isn't it like oh it's my god very, yeah. like it's that sort of like it's low budget it's you know it's, it's a british film you know it's a i don't know if it's if it was any of it was actually filmed on the streets of london but there was street scenes and stuff hmm. so i might as well just run through the plot because it was, this is going to be one where we talk about at length so it's a like it starts and we're watching this on youtube yeah and i'm like oh is it missing the start <laughs> because we go straight to a man in a Santa suit, like, like having sex in a car, and I'm just, and I'm just like, wait, have we missed something? Yeah, because that's that's it, isn't it? 
So I pushed the thing back to the start of the video. I was like, no, no, this is this is it. And the running times match, so this is okay. This is how yeah. the film starts. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so they they are both stabbed to death by a man wearing a sort of grinning mask thing. Mm. And they're having sex in this car, and it, it cuts to the POV of, you know, which we find out is, you know, somebody who's going to kill them. And... Mm. And so this POV shot as it comes into the car and they're like really going for it in the car and he's like, they're all over each other. And the guy spots, you know, this other guy walking up to the car and it's like, oi, what a fucking hell are you looking at? And all of this, you know, go away. Yeah, then they just carry on. And yeah, she says, she says to him, oh, don't worry about him, love. And then they carry on. It's like Tina said, is this like the first ever version of dogging going on? That it's like... <laughs> She doesn't give a shit that there's somebody walking around the car watching them. It's freaking the guy out a little bit, but she's not bothered. No. Yeah. She well, is when the car door opens though, isn't she? And like, you know, the guy yeah. gets stabbed. He was he was she was right to be he was he was right to be freaked out by He was. Her. Yeah. So then we've got a Christmas party. Um which that's <laughs> a Christmas party, good grief. <laughs> Um, so basically there's a guy who's like getting, you know, he's being dressed up as Santa backstage, backstage, what is, anyway, they bring out this guy who's like, just, I guess he works for this, whoever office Christmas party this is, and he's dressed as Santa and he's just murdered in front of everyone. (laughs) And like, and I was just like, everyone must've seen who did that. Yeah. (laughs) And he just, well, gets, gets away, I guess. There's some huge leaps of faith he gets. He gets his things shot through his skull, doesn't he? Yeah, a, a spear of sorts. Yeah, which comes, they think it comes from, because they go, because it's fancy dress, and they go, oh, and they're mentioning people that are dressed up, and they go, oh, look at that, you know, him with the little tiny head. You know, as though he's got, like, a shrunken head. And yeah. then this, like, dart thing goes through the guy's, back of the guy's head and out through his mouth. And like you said, he's killed on stage in front of everybody, and they're all, ah, they're screaming. And then they go to the bar, the really the busiest place of the whole fucking room, where this guy with the shrunken head is, and it's a stick. It's a, it's like a brief yeah. stick with this little head on it and a costume on it. And they squeeze the head and pull it off and go, oh, it's it's not it's not a real person. Well, this no mop shit. Murder, yeah, this mop didn't murder anyone. <laughs> Cross him off a fucking suspect list. <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> so like, so like the police get involved, and the daughter Kate, the daughter of the Santa who, the second Santa who is murdered at the party, hmm. um, she's involved in the case as well. Oh, you know, there's another Santa oh, killed at some point. Yeah. This is near the start-ish when yeah. he was shoved his face on the grill. He was roasting chestnuts on. <laughs> There's so many people just like dressed up as Santa in London in 1984. Yeah, and the majority. 99% of them are pissed as well. Have you noticed all the way through? There were <laughs> yeah. so many pissed up Santas in this film. It's unbelievable. <laughs> people are going like, oh my God, imagine like taking your kids to a store in the 80s in London. Like this, the smell of alcohol yeah. drifting from Santa must Santa's have been overpowered. Santa's got a paper bag for bottling his dick yes, hanging out. Yeah. Sucked off in a car. <laughs> Don't sit on his lap. No, they are all like alcoholic sex maniacs. These people that work as Santa in the stores. <laughs> no wonder, no wonder the killer wants to kill them. He wants to clean London up. Yeah. 
So, at some point, Tosh from a bill shows up in it, <laughs> which, mate, I've popped for this. I was just like, you didn't have a Tash. No, so, basically, there's... Um, there's uh, the Kate, the girl, the girl you saw has a dad dressed up as um, Santa be killed at the party. Mm. Her boyfriend persuades her to go to like a shoot, a photo shoot uh, of a woman, you know, just naked photo shoot. Yeah. And Jerry, who's um, the boyfriend's mate, is Tosh out the bill. Yeah. Which was like, because I was looking at them in a pub and I was like, just to no one. Is that Tosh? Is that, I don't. It's like it's him and Reg out of a bill. I remember more than anyone on yeah. Birdside, obviously. A classic TV series from yeah. Brent. And yeah, it was, it was Kevin Lloyd. Uh, <laughs> and we talked Tosh. about the nudity in Freddy versus Jason. Holy shit, mate! The nudity in this is just all over the place. Any it's excuse? Not Tosh. It's no, it's not Tosh. Tosh does not get his truncheon out from the bill <laughs> at all. Uh, but yeah, female nudity is all over the shop, mate. Yeah, there was no real need for that photo shoot. There wasn't, no. <laughs> Apart from, like, here's some more tits to look at. Yeah. So, yeah, so that goes on. Then there's... Well, this is where, it, like, you're like, okay, this is a bit silly. And then it's the peep show. Oh, my uh, God. The Santa goes to the peep show, and one of the... Sherry is one of the strippers who... Or strippers. Yeah, I guess. She just takes the clothes off. She's she's wearing quite a nice jumper for, throughout the film. Yeah. Um, so a Santa, like like you say, this one just like drunkenly stumbles into a another pissed up Santa. And um, yeah, he's watching her. Um, she doesn't get undressed, does she? No, she offers. Uh, didn't her the price thing? I think it's fifty pound. She said no, five pound, five pound. and she'll take a top off. Ten pound. And she'll get n- naked, and fifty pound, and anything goes, and you can do whatever you want on your side of the glass because there's glass yeah. separating them, and they're on a phone each as well because they can't hear each other. It's yeah. like it's, it's, it's almost in prison. Mm. And she does this sort of sexy dance. She says, "Oh, I can dance," and she does this supposedly air quotes erotic dance. <laughs> For him, <laughs> he must have been so pissed that he did find it erotic. He um, <laughs> was almost like drooling on the glass, wasn't he? Yeah. It was so was this a point where obviously he kills the Santa? Yeah. Is this a point where the killer smashes through the glass to Sherry, or is that later? When she, that's, no, later. that's later. When that's she goes later. Back to work, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, she's interviewed by the police and they sort of like let her go, but they she's under the impression that she's and they are under the impression that she's a target. Yeah. Um, because she saw, kind of saw the face or the mask. Mm. Who killed, who killed and, pissed up Santa number five, <laughs> or whatever it was. Yeah. And she just like, they, she, they don't release, they release her and they say, oh, this police officer will, you know, look after, you know, he'll monitor, you know, well, not protect you, you know, he'll be there. Yeah. And she can't be bothered to wait two minutes for him and goes back to work straight away. <laughs> and then, then she she's just up, seen a killing. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go straight back to work. Yeah, same same place. So she goes back, and um, that's when the killer um, she starts. That's when she gives the price list, actually. Um, and yeah, he smashes through the glass and abducts her. Yeah, for some sort of ultimate sacrifice. Um, what else happens, Dave? You 
Oh, I mean, so much happens. It's it's a treasure trove of scene after scene of where your jaw just drops and you're going, oh, well, it can't get sillier than this. And then you get another, yet another pissed up Santa Claus in a pub. And he comes out and he gets on a bike, a bicycle, not a motorbike, a bicycle. And he's like wobbly pissed up going along and he cycles past a gang of punk rockers. Yes. Uh, the most p- polite punk rockers who are trying to be nasty to him. All right, Santa, you're blah, blah, blah. Oh, and then I forget what happens. Does does he like stick two fingers up to them or something? Because they end up running after him. Yeah, so then he, he gets off the bike. He gets off like, the bike and then you think, oh, they're going to beat him up. But n- they don't bother with him. They get on the bike and, and, and the one of the punks gets on the back and gives him a CT and, and goes off because they're so punk, they want to have a go on a bike. <laughs> and then, so it's a really long scene. So he's now precariously hanging off like this stone bridge and comes down onto a pile of loose bricks for some reason where I swore he was going to lose his footing and kill himself for real while they were filming this. And then he cut, and then he comes down, and he he eventually gets killed. But this goes on for ages, and it's like yeah, this five minute section of another pissed Santa being killed with a weird punk rock bike obsessed gang in the middle of it. And he goes, yeah. what, "What the hell is going on? You've got no point, idea what's going to happen next." Now, then at some point, is the undercover cops who get killed at the carnival? Yeah, that's just like well, that was a silly idea, wasn't it? <laughs> And then, um, and then, like, there's just so many. But one, like, another standout is just like one of a, a Santa. I can't even remember what Santa, but there's, I can. There's assume. too many Santas, mate. There are so many because this begins. Let's get it right. This begins. I think is it December the twenty second when the first killing happens, and then so for de- and it so you know killings are going on for days and it's all over the news. Santas yeah. are being anybody dressed as Santa is being viciously murdered. And there's just more and more people you see being dressed as Santa, usually in a pub. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this Santa is the one in the theatre at the concert. <laughs> and then, like, there's backstage, and it's like, oh, Miss Monroe, we're ready for it. I'm like, oh, that doesn't. And then I'm just like, it's Carolyn Monroe doing a song. That was it, because it said on the credits, Caroline Monroe, my first my first cinematic no. love. And I'm going, hey, up, come on, get ready. And it is, you know, we've got Caroline Monroe for an hour, one afternoon. What can we do with her? Oh, let's put her on the stage, mime into a song <laughs> where a dead Santa comes up from the trapdoor at the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's the, ex- the extent of Caroline Monroe's appearance in that's this. That's it. That's it. So... There's a reporter. So basically, it's spoilers. Um, there's this reporter who's in it the whole way through as well called Giles. And this guy... Um, this guy is... Um, well, he's quite... He's, he's got quite the haircut, for one thing. <laughs> but it, it turns out it's him. And right near the end of the film, it's almost like... It's almost too late to do this. But they give you, like, a flashback for it. <laughs> it's way too late when they do it. But it's <laughs> hilarious. The flashback is absolutely hilarious. Like, oh, yeah. He, he caught he caught Santa... Ki- well, I caught Mummy kissing Santa Claus. 
It's like that screen grab I sent you earlier. It's yeah. like the perfect screen grab. You can't stand to doing something to mummy. Yeah. I caught I caught Daddy dressed as Santa Claus, being very friendly to a, another lady. Yeah, it wasn't quite mummy, but uh... no, mummy finds them though, yeah. and then she gets pushed down the stairs, which really pisses him off. Um, oh my god! And Kate, I mean Kate, like you said, she's the one whose dad was killed at the beginning. Yeah, the daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Fair enough, you know, a dad was killed. But she is such a miserable bugger all the way through <laughs> it. Like, as it was going through every scene, I thought there's only one emotion that she can play, and it's like, really fucking Mizzo. That's what she was like all the way through. And it gets to her house at the end, and it's just filmed the whatever house they were in. They must have just had the use of this one small living room that they pulled everything out, like apart from a couch, I think, is in there. It's got the worst Christmas decorations you've ever seen in your life. I don't know if you noticed this, mate, but it's worth a rewatch. For this, if this alone even, she's got this one bit of tinsel that goes horizontally across a wall in you know it goes like up and down you sort of leave a little bit hanging then you tack a bit on the wall and you leave a bit hanging but then these really small straight vertical pieces stuck randomly in places on the wall and it looks so shit and you're thinking what was she thinking when she was putting the christmas decorations up and right at the beginning of the film there's this one shot and uh, it's two people on a couch, but in the foreground, there is the worst Christmas tree you've ever seen. It's like somebody got a dead Christmas tree and cut the top of it off. So there's just like two or three little bits coming out and hung like two decorations on it. Again, look out for that because it's hilarious. It's the worst Christmas tree you're ever going to see. Um Oh my god! Just there's just too much to this. There's a piss again. Surprise, surprise! There's a pissed up Santa Claus in a pub, and he walks into the toilets in the pub, and and you see, and as soon as it goes to the close, you see the close up of him unzipping his pants, and he's and then you see the close up of him pissing in, into the urinal, yeah. and you go, I know what's going to happen here, and sure enough, yeah. He gets his cock cut off, doesn't he? Yep. And then you just see blood splatting into it, and he falls down. And you can see you can see it coming a mile off, but it's still hilarious. Uh, again, I mean, drinking games, Jesus, just yeah, have a drinking game whenever you see a drunk Santa. Have a drink. I mean, whenever you see a drunk yeah, Santa, you will, that, you will that, be a drunk Santa. You will be a drunk. Yeah. Oh, imagine that. Dress as Santa Claus while watching this and play a drinking game. <laughs> have a load of you doing that. That would be perfect. Absolutely perfect. That would be brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting it. I don't know why. I was just expecting it to be an American film as well. I was so surprised when it began. And it was like, oh, okay. So, you know, it's British and they've all got Cockney accents. and Yeah. And yeah, I was going to say, it's not, it is incredibly British. Oh, yeah. And there's things that with that, I mean, I love... I love looking at things like you know in the background of the cars at the time and all of this. Oh yeah, yeah. You said that, yeah, you said that about Mona Lisa on the last oh, recording. Didn't you? Yeah, like, I did. Yeah, the car used to have. There you, was, yeah, yeah. The Morris Marina was in there right at the start. You know, look at the cars in this is great. Um, oh my, it's just. It's a treasure trove. You said it best. It's a treasure trove, and we sat like 
I always say like, oh, it's a, if it's a good film, I don't make many notes. If it's a bad film, I'm constantly making notes. This crossed the line because it's a bad film. I just stopped. I was just like, this is too much. Me too. Just I, Tina watch was, it. Tina, I put it on and Tina went, oh, what the fuck is this? And so it's Tom's pick. Tom's pick. This is it's just started. It's, you know, it's not me this time. It's not me this time. This is Tom. And, um, and she was like half watching it. She was doing stuff. And then she had to go into the kitchen and she come in and she looked. It must have been, I don't know what look I'd got on my face, but she looked at me as she came into the living room and she said, you're really enjoying this, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. I think it's fucking amazing. <laughs> and uh, so much so much so that, um, yeah, she's buying it me for Christmas. I was looking at the first. I'm just about to scroll up Amazon while you talk. Like, where is it? Um, yeah, I went on DVD is compare. Is like fifth anniversary Blu-ray? There's maybe? a Blu-ray. There's different DVD versions. Apparently the best one, you go on DVD compare. Uh, there's a region nought version which has got like some big documentary on it, oh. all about it. But the cheapest we've seen that version for sale, I think, is like twenty seven pounds. I think well, with it's postage, good, but it's not that good. It's not that good, but I mean, you know, you can pick up the Blu-ray of it. There's there's a lot of different versions. I would like to have the version with you know the documentary and so on. Yeah, that's it. but just to have you know a decent picture and have a physical copy so it's always there it's yes Atina's um getting at me for christmas because it is that, so good that good yeah oh i was just locked into it it's it's just never ending you never go more than a few minutes with without going holy shit this is like so funny this is so great oh yeah hurrah there's another there's another drunk santa claus <laughs> I can't. I can't think of anything bad about it. It, it. I was never, never bored for a minute with it. I didn't once look at you know what. Oh, what time is it? How long is there to go? I could have happily sat through like another hour of it. Give me some more. Give me some more Santa Claus being killed, <laughs> and some inept police work of trying to find out who it is. Oh yeah, it is. It. it it's just amazing, mate. How. How was this passed us by for so long? I don't know. It's one of those. You, we, we don't get many of them now. And it's like, how have we not heard of this? Yeah. I mean, for me, mate, this this is like an annual Christmas film now for me. Yeah, I think. I think, yeah, it's going to be a tradition. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be. Some eggnog and drunk Santas. Drunk Santa Claus. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, anybody listening to this. If you like this type of film, again, you know, Shotgun, um, Samurai Cop, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, Miami Connection, all those types of films. And if you've not seen, don't open till Christmas. Oh my god, it's such such a treat. And again, if you haven't seen it, Christmas Eve. Wait for Christmas Eve. It's on YouTube, like we said. Put it on Christmas Eve. And, and watch it. I couldn't think of a better film to watch on Christmas Eve than this. <laughs> wow. Oh, could you, did any of it bore you? Did you know, was, could you think of anything bad about it yourself? No, no. Like, you know, at the start, you know, you don't know what you've got, mm. what you get into. But, you know, by the time it's going, you know, and it's going and it's just like, what is going on? What is this? absolute nonsense why are they all drunk 
Oh, it was just it was just magical. It was magical, and uh, for a complete blind pick, yeah, couldn't have been happier. Oh no, I mean, yeah, well done, mate, well done. Yeah, um, and like we haven't covered every single. Oh, there's so much. There there's is. So oh much. yeah, uh, it would and, be it would be a shame to give everything away, mate, with one of this because it really is one you you're discovering stuff and you know it said you think oh that that's as, as weird and wonderful as it can get and then another amazing scene happens yeah yeah so um yeah we don't take our word for it it's literally on youtube yeah. for free no excuses not to watch it like no, we said yeah. even those big greek subtitles didn't distract from the action no, whatsoever no, not, not when it gets gets going no no so yeah i think i think I can safely say that is uh Definitely one we'll be rewatching in the future, mate. Yeah, next Christmas. Yeah, it's up. You know, it'll be you know in the list with Santa Claus the movie and Home Alone and Christmas Vacation and yeah, it's a wonderful life. Oh yeah, it it will definitely added to that Christmas rotation, mate. It's got to yeah. be, got to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Oh, I'm so pleased you picked that. Um, yeah. Well, the January's episode then we're going into next year we picked we picked the films earlier today at time of recording and uh it's my turn for the first watch how can i follow don't open till christmas bloody hell um (laughs) well the way that i thought i'm gonna follow it is i thought i'm gonna pick because i wanted to find out what happened to mccready at the end of the thing and apparently he survived and he stayed in the snow and he is Father Christmas. And that's what's happened to him. And we find out his story in The Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Uh, so again, connection to the 80s, Kurt Russell. Come on. I mean, if there was ever a strong connection to the 80s, yep. it's with Kurt Russell. No more explanation needed there. Uh, it's had good reviews, apparently. I'd, I know people that have watched it and they've just raved about it. And I thought, yeah, that'll, that'll be a good one. Apt to watch it. I think we'll probably save it till Christmas Eve and watch it then. And then we can talk, like you said, early January. While, you know, yeah. the, the, the Christmas spirit is still in everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my first watch. It's the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, watching it. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably not watch it. I'll probably watch it in the next few days, yeah. just in case. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to watch a, a something that might not be good that late. But you know, hopefully that end up in the Christmas rotation as well. Yeah, yeah. Like what can go? What could possibly go wrong? Mm. Um, so my rewatch pick from a January episode is um, is a film from 1991. The uh, connection to the 80s is just fucking look at it <laughs> you didn't even like I, I sent you the poster and you, you you didn't even question what the connection was because i know just look at it it yeah. is the action masterpiece known as stone cold oh, yes the boz brian bosworth yeah one tough bastard oh yeah i remember watching him playing football in the 80s <laughs> yeah <laughs> i can't remember a lot of the film it was one I did own it on uh, X-Rental VHS, and I know I've watched it more than once. I've probably, if I say, like, three times. Maybe yeah. four I've watched it, but a long, long time ago. And it'll probably be one of those that when I watch it, I'll go, oh, yeah, I remember that bit. But if you ask me, like, now, go on, describe a little scene, I couldn't tell you anything, mate. I couldn't. 
No, so it's, been a while, it's been a while since I watched it. I've got the Blu-ray of it because obviously. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to going back to it. Lance Henriksen's a baddie, and always Bosworth, good. Bosworth's got a fucking incredible William Forsyth's in it as well. Oh, good cast. And Bosworth's got an incredible mullet. So, what <laughs> more do you want? Yeah. Well, I think have we agreed on everything again in this episode? Um, as far as the film picks go, I think, well... Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much so. I think maybe... The, the love for... Um, oh. Don't know if Christmas is real. That that was the treat in this one, mate. That was definitely the Christmas treat in this episode. Yeah. yeah. What, 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 you know, just as you say, just when you think we've exhausted all the so bad, it's good classics. Yeah. Not quite. Not no, quite. No, we have some bloody Santa splattered all over us. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was so so good. Uh, right, so yeah, we said hopefully we're going to be back early January. Um, yeah, so we can still got the Christmas vibe going. Yeah, yeah, and then um, fingers crossed, the technical issues have been fine in this episode and we yeah, sound okay <laughs> yeah yeah if it's just you recorded again mate oh, fuck it, i'm just going to release it with just you talking anyway <laughs> oh, great <laughs> um yeah but until then um i guess we should wish everybody happy christmas yes indeed uh, happy new year enjoy whatever break you may have um may santa give you what you wanted and um not murder you brutally yeah yeah hope you're not murdered over christmas yeah don't dress as santa if you're going to that's the tip for this episode (laughs) any sort of fancy dress things or whatever don't go as santa just in case you never know it's dangerous if you do that especially if you get pissed as well you know that's that's the deal you're dressed as santa and you're drunk you're gonna you're gonna get killed there's just no two ways about it it's your own fault basically if that happens yeah, you've you've been warned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, just watch a film. Watch, watch. Don't show, don't open till Christmas. That will yeah. uh, dissuade you. Yeah, it's almost well, it like dissuade any of the people who are dressing as Santa. It didn't, it? No, think of it as a public information film for Christmas. Yeah, and watch it like that. That's the it's way. Very realistic as well. It so. is. Yeah. <laughs> um, right until Christmas. Um, well, until Christmas. Until the new year. When we're back on the decade of decadence show, we're not sure how we, how we when we're going to do uh, the interview ones because we'll we'll have a chat, we'll decide which one we want to do first, we'll have a listen to it, we'll re-record the intro, and then uh, we'll start putting them out. Obviously, yeah. they'll appear on your feed for whatever way you know. Hopefully, you subscribe to us; it'll just pop up automatically. But they'll also be on the website in the decade of decadence section as well. So. It'll take a while because I think we did like was it fifty interviews or something yeah, like that. Lot, so it's lot, it, yeah, it's going to take quite a while to do them, but we're going to go through and have a listen and re-record the intros and put those new versions up on the website too because they're well worth they're well worth listening to, and it's, it'd be a pity for them not to be available online because there's yeah. some good stuff on there, isn't there? Even though we say so ourselves, <laughs> yeah. And you never know, we, we might be recording some new interviews as well. Might happen. Who knows? Uh, Right, so I'm going to say thanks for listening. Um, Me and Tom will be back with the show in the new year. I think I've heard on the grapevine that there could be an ABC of Gaming show coming as well, either before or just after Christmas, but before New Year, so watch out for that. I've got a soundcheck amount show ready. 
who knows what else is going to happen. So until then, from me, it's goodbye. How about you, Tom? Have a cool Yule. Oh, music, mic drop. At 12 o'clock on Christmas Eve, she tiptoed up the stairs. She stood beneath the mistletoe and combed her silken hair. Then Santa Claus slipped down the flue and caught her unawares. And this is what she said. Oh, Father Christmas, do not touch me. Father Christmas, do not touch me. Father Christmas, do not touch me as she stood beneath the mistletoe. Oh, me name is Father Christmas. He informed her as he met her. She said, Good grief, it's seven years since I sent you a letter. He said, I can't stand little girls. Bigger ones are better. And this is what she said. Tomorrow, sir.